0: Three, two, one. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Crossing Broadcast. I am Adam Lufko. We, of course, have Kyle Scott and Russell Joy. Uh, Kyle Scott at Crossing Broad, Russell Joy at Joy on Broad, and I am at Adam Uh, We, I think we all stayed up last night and watched the finals, and I'm exhausted because of it. Uh, Did you guys watch the whole thing, or did you go, this is a bloodbath in the third quarter, I'm turning it off?
1: Uh, I did not turn it off. I stayed up. I fell asleep at some point in the fourth quarter, um, but I was determined to make it to the end. That was... uh, It turned into a blowout in the second half, but that first quarter was maybe the most exciting quarter of basketball I've ever watched. I can't recall ever watching something where you could arguably have four of the six best players on the planet on the floor at once in a meaningful game just highlight real play after highlight real play and for the love of god someone
2: get in the lane and stop kevin durant last night i think is what will go down as one of the most validating games that we've seen in in at least the last five five or so years validating on many levels one validating for kevin durant for making the switch to to golden state um, I, I was certainly one who was hoping for a seven game series, but there is, there is practically no way that I can see it going seven. Now the the issue that I have is I don't want to get swayed by the results of one game and this playoffs, if nothing else has shown us what it looks like to have just blowout after blowout, um, but going, you know, the other way. So, I mean, I think it's totally within reason that Cleveland can come out and blow the doors off golden state, but as of one game, it's validating for Kevin Durant. It's also validating. Uh, for what the Sixers have done and what other teams who have refused to try to build winners during the LeBron era, um, it, it's validating for them because this just showed how far off every other team in the league is. These two teams are at such a ridiculous level comparatively that even if you thought that San Antonio was a good team with Kawhi Leonard, I don't know, man. That that game last night, Golden State and Cleveland are just playing in a different stratosphere. It was it was absolutely wild and that first quarter was was awesome to watch. And believe it or not, Adam Lefko said that I would probably be asleep by ten thirty. I will correct the record. I'm typically asleep by nine o'clock, but I did stay up last night. Wow. Um I fell asleep during halftime, woke up, caught the end of the game. So uh, uh-
0: yeah, I'm going to say that it definitely could still go 7. Don't forget last year the Warriors blew out the Cavs in game 1 then as well. So no shot. This, this could definitely still happen. Uh I'm I'm never betting against LeBron James motivated. Uh I still picked the Warriors, uh but yeah, I it, it, there was just too many ways that you were like, "Man, how is Durant running through this court wide open?" Uh also though like you had two Zaza Pachulia like Wild over the head like baskets that went in. Everything was going down for the Warriors, and none of the Cavs players hit shots. Like other than LeBron, nobody was hitting the shots. Kyrie was turning it over. um I think it'll get better, but you're right. That first quarter, holy crap! That that was. It felt like an All Star game, is what it felt like.
1: You know, but, but the, war, the crazy thing is, the Warriors did miss shot. If you remember. Both teams were out of sync for about the first 3 minutes. But the Warriors, including Zaza, missed a few bunnies. Yes. Yeah, but early then after on. that,
0: they were not, I mean, Steph was hitting from the loco. <laughs> he
1: was I thought the same thing that Russ thought. I'm like, "Oh man, the Sixers got a really long way to go. You can't just plug in a couple of of young talents and think like, okay, In my head, I've all along been like, you know, a year from now, if everyone's healthy, not that they're going to fully contend, but they could be right up there in the east. And holy shit, like watching those two teams, I saw uh, Big Cat from Barstool tweet um, like, hey, I'm a Bulls fan and I don't even recognize this sport that's out there right now. That was all star. I've never seen anything like that. That wasn't an all star game where teams were actually trying. And I get that the Cavs were trying to take the corner three away from Steph, but watching Durant just like gazelle-like down the floor and tomahawk dunk after tomahawk dunk, just just ridiculous. Andre Iguodala, by the way, I get, I get the text from my dad, like he's just now coming around to this, where he's like, you know, Iguodala was the best player on the Sixers, and he's like the fourth or fifth best player Best he might player be the sixth on sixth best player, yeah. That's what I said. I was like that. He's not even fourth. He's he's like five or six. shows you how deep they are. Just totally awesome. I don't think I don't think the Cavs have a chance. I think the Warriors take it in four. It's just not uh it's not it's not happening. And you need an injury or a suspension like last year. Like Steph was hurt, banged up last year, then he had the Draymond suspension. But I don't think all of LeBron's will he can't play much better than he did in the first quarter and they come or first half. And they come out of it what down eight?
2: It's scary good that Warriors team, frightfully really good. Adam, it's a shame that you or, or I don't mix this show so that we could go back when this is like a game six. And Kyle says, "Man, I knew it was going to go. I knew it was going to go more than four games. I, I knew I wouldn't be swayed nope. by that first one, but uh.
1: that's not my style. I'll call myself out. I'll edit. I'll edit in my mistakes, but I don't. I don't think it happens.
0: It's it, it's looking highly unlikely. I mean, they were they were unbelievable." uh last night uh crossing broadcast we are still ranked in itunes we are holding out we are we are, I, I like the fight that we're showing a lot of moxie hopefully the we got, the Cavs we got as much moxie as us by, by
1: josh innes
0: oh well, that's because of us
1: that is we 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 created it's like frankenstein we created we created the ranking and then it, it ate us
2: we are showing some fight which rocky movie is crossing broadcast most like up just kidding go ahead
0: no that was that was pretty good i appreciate that um speaking to other things that may have jumped the shark uh at darth underscore doug asks has comparing players jumped the shark let's enjoy the greatness of this era rather than looking back and as kyle said he's probably talking about jordan and lebron um i don't know man i don't think comparing players will ever get old i think that will be something that stands the test of time
1: yeah, I think so too. Like, I, I don't. I think it's unfair that we keep comparing LeBron to Jordan. He's just a different. He's a different specimen. It's it's the most obvious comparison because they might be the two greatest players of all time. Um, I, I don't think. Side note: I don't think LeBron is the most. I think Steph Curry is the most skilled player on the planet. LeBron, a, a good, I would say, a good chunk of his ability has to do with his pure size and athleticism. Which size makes him a,
0: Size and athleticism is a skill. Uh,
1: well, it's not, but. Okay, well, then a, a lot of people don't. It's a don't
0: trait. Have, it's, yeah, we, okay, but I think it's just as valuable.
1: Oh, no, no doubt. Like, look at Shaquille O'Neal. Like, no one would argue that he was really the most skilled guy, but when you're that big, if you have. Um, some one very specific skill and you're that big, you can be one of the greatest players of all time. So I, I don't think it's not important. That's not a knock on LeBron, but if you were to put him and Steph Curry one-on-one in a skills competition, dribbling, shooting, I mean, like everything you have to do on a basketball court, I think Steph would run laps around him if you remove their size from the equation.
0: Did you hear that? That's what they're doing for game three. They're not going to play. They're just going to set up a skills competition.
1: The Cavs no, they're not. Better that would be
0: fucking stupid.
1: No, I agree, but like, no, I, I know I think what you're you... saying
0: too.
1: Stop c- comparing LeBron to Jordan. I totally get that, but I think player comparisons are fair. It's the be- analogy. I like analogies. We talked about this last we time. Do. Russ was, I was given Ru- Russ gives me shit. I was given, uh, you were given Russ shit for his soccer analogy, but I think they work. They help you compare something to something you already know. And Especially my, one of my draft time. That's what I was going to say. One of my favorite things is comparing college prospects to current NBA players. Because let's face it, most people don't really have that good of a grasp on what exactly Malik Monk's game is or what exactly the Aaron Fox's game is. And if you could draw a parallel between a guy, they could be like this guy in the league, boom, instantly, instantly
2: gives you a barometer on that guy. I might be misunderstanding this question, or maybe I'm reading this a different way. I don't know if this guy is really mad about conceptually comparing players as much as the timing of comparing players like the LeBron versus MJ discussion taking away from the finals as they stand now like if in the offseason you want to have that debate during the regular season when it's down like yeah I could see having that debate then but maybe and again I could be wrong but the way I I kind of read that is let's not have the LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate now wait till the series is over let's focus on these players these teams and, and, you know, like really, really drill down on, on what we're watching because, like we were saying, game one, that first quarter at least, was sensational basketball to watch.
1: Russ, to your point uh, earlier, by the way, talking about like teams trying to not win in the East until LeBron is out of the picture and the Warriors proving that like, no, you can beat this team, you can beat him. Um, now, granted, they're the greatest super team that ever super teamed, but I'm with you on this. Like, le- you can beat the Cleveland Cavs, and granted, these two teams are playing a sport that no other team in the league is playing right now at that level. But if you could put the right mix of players together, LeBron—it's not like LeBron is seven and zero in the NBA Finals. He's lost multiple times in the finals. He gets there, but he's lost because there's there there's not. There hasn't been that super team in the East to take him on. I'm not saying the Sixers can be that team, but I don't think in two or three years, if guys like Embiid and Simmons pan out, and they can add a free agent and land on another draft pick, I don't think it's unreasonable that you could beat one of LeBron's teams. I don't buy into the notion that there's no way you're competing with LeBron James. When he wins every NBA Finals for six straight years, then someone can make that argument. But that hasn't and will not Obviously, happen.
2: I don't know if, if that's necessarily the the argument that it's impossible to beat him. But like, in uh, the case of, the, in, what, I've in, seen in, people make that. I, I don't know if that's exactly true. I mean, the the case of the Warriors, they just drafted really well. They got they got really good value on Draymond Green. That that was a, a pretty big game changer. And then they were able to to lure Durant. I mean, if if you're the Sixers and which you is manage, exactly
1: what the Sixers can do.
2: In theory, they could, yeah, but we don't know. Like the the late round guys, like if TLC and Furkan Korkmaz in two years end up becoming these like legitimate beyond rotation players, where they're fighting for starting spots, then yeah. And if and if then you're able to to draw in a, it, a big free agent, like see, I I just I disagree. I, I if if Embiid is healthy, we, we can
1: almost pencil him in to be a superstar if ben simmons is what everyone thinks he can be and they land on a draft pick this year i mean look at look at the warriors i mean they could throw they could throw a tall like a tall long-necked beer bottle out there at center and have whooped the Cavs last night yeah now, but you th- need a bench you do need rotation players but i don't think anything is predicated on guys like lu Lu, <laughs> lu- or furcon um you know, coming over and being superstars or even being great rotational players.
2: The Warriors have the greatest shooter in the history of basketball.
1: I'm not arguing. I know that's a long shot. I'm not saying like it's a given. I'm just saying that it's not everything we're talking about is theoretical, of course, but I don't think it's that much of a long shot to think you can draft or create and then create a team around that that can beat one of LeBron's teams. I don't think you have to wait this. Everyone's like, "Well, you got to wait four years until you try and compete in the East." Why? Yeah, fuck that's that. why. That
2: that's not necessarily. Yeah, I, I see your point on that. That and what if the guy tears that, his ACL
1: that, or gets? Hurt. I mean, it, he can get hurt. I'm not wishing for him back, to get hurt.
2: That comes but, back to like a point that I I tried to make weeks ago, which is LeBron's been playing more games than any player in the league, and then playing in Olympics and playing for the national team, and the dude hasn't broken down. And, I, and, and, like, I get that you can make the case that that means, well, he's he should be breaking down soon. Like, eventually something has to give, but it hasn't happened yet. And if it hasn't happened with him playing in, in these kind of extended seasons, seven straight finals, like, I, I don't know if you can ever actually, you know, hope and, hope and you know, just cross your fingers that he's going to get hurt. Uh, the no dude one is an absolute he's... freak specimen.
1: I don't want I don't want him to get hurt. Uh, he is he is one of the greatest players we'll ever see and I would prolong the same way I'd look back and I would wish I could watch another game of Jordan or Gretzky. Don't want him to get hurt. But it can happen. And just because it hasn't happened yet, he also hasn't entered his mid 30s yet and putting that kind of he has more mileage on that body than just about any player his age maybe in history. Uh, eventually there will be bumps and bruises and tears and pulls and whatever and if you have to build your team to be ready to take advantage of a situation where he has an injury or two on his squad or he himself is injured. And in two or three years, it, that team could be beat. Uh, it's not like it's likely. Probably not. But I hate the, I just continually hate the notion that you have to wait until LeBron is out of the league. I, I don't think that's reasonable.
0: I am, um, I'm just going to try and be slightly a voice of reason and just tell you that I'm both, I'm embarrassed. Um, and I didn't think I was going to be that that you guys are, are talking about the Sixers after watching that game last night because I don't even think that... We're like, hey, in a few years, this could be... That felt so fanboyish to think that we could ever get to that level. Uh, I know that's the goal and that's the point, but I feel so far away from the Sixers ever reaching that level, that level of passing, that level of... Of accomplishment and scoring and, and coaching and all that that I, I feel further away from the, than after watching it last night and I I think it's um, that was the first time that I've really listened to the words that we were saying which was if and it could be and what if and every single thing was a what if, and it just hit me really hard right there. That was really that was a, a really saddening moment for me. That was weird.
2: But I don't necessarily think that we're looking at it, at least I'm not, as the Sixers in a few years are going to be able to compete with the level of play that the current Cavs and the current Warriors have. I think, it's, I think it's more so the idea that they'll be able to compete with whatever the teams are at the top of the game in a few years. Like, you're right. The level that these guys are playing at, the passing, the shooting, we might not ever see a team that is as complete as, as just crisp in their passing and their shooting, just absolutely assassin-like on the court as this current Warriors team. But thankfully, hopefully... That isn't what the Sixers are going to have to face in three or four years, because eventually there's always that possibility that Steph's ankles become more of an issue like they were earlier in his career, that they're not able to get under the cap, that they, in an effort to re-sign Durant and such and try to keep a a legitimate team together, that they end up losing Klay Thompson. I mean, like, I'm not looking at this as you need to be able to be on that level of the current Golden State Warriors. First of all, Ross, stop
1: wishing that these greatest players in their generation get hurt. Thank I'm you. not you're wishing
0: hurt. that. Kyle, no. Kyle, you said you hope just, twice. Kyle, no, I'm, you just said LeBron's going to tear his ACL.
2: Yeah, I I get, I'm not saying that I'm hoping the guys are going to get hurt. I'm saying that If, if you act that's literally
0: it, what you said. No, no,
2: no, but I'm not wishing I'm not that. wishing injury on them. I'm saying that hoping, you know, you're and you're what well, I'm saying, if if you're gonna, you know, wanna have a chance, I guess, if they're gonna be playing at this level, that is your only hope, but I don't want them to get hurt. I actually very much enjoy watching Steph Curry play basketball. I enjoy watching LeBron play basketball, and I know that my team is nowhere near that level, so yeah. I want to see this every year, and when there are people who sit back and complain that there's just this lack of, com- of competition in basketball, and they make the joke, why don't we just roll out the, you know, cancel the regular season and just play the finals, yeah, like, I half agree, like, I know that we can't do that, I know it would be stupid, but, like, I really have, have waited all postseason to see these two teams play, that's why I wanted to go seven games, because I like to watch these guys play.
1: All right, fair. So we can we can your words hope and wish have been stricken from your previous comments. However, Adam, I, I'm not. I'm sitting here saying yeah, like if at some point he will likely get hurt or someone on his team will get hurt. I'm not wishing for it. As a Sixers fan, do I want like it, this is the old sports conundrum? Do you want to beat the team at their best or do you just want to get there? Like were we thrilled that the Phillies drew the Rays in two thousand eight? Uh, yeah, I think most people were, rather than the Red Sox that year. Like, do you want to beat the best team possible, or do you want the best best path possible? But I, I, I'm not sitting here rooting for either of those guys to get injured. As a sports fan, watching it is a pure delight to watch LeBron and Steph Curry. They're two of the most interesting and exciting players who've ever stepped on the court. So I'm not rooting for for either of those guys to get hurt. Yeah, what I am I saying have. is that if you're building your team, you 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 have to build a team and position yourself that it should something happen to another team or should they simply not continue to be as great as they are, that you're in a position to compete. And I've seen many people, many people say the Sixers shouldn't sign anyone for a couple of years because there is no way they're competing with LeBron for at least the next three years. And I think that's a little bit foolish. And And to your earlier point, I'm also not sitting here saying that the Sixers are ever going to be as good as that Warriors team. No team ever may be. There, we've talked about the sports bubble before. There will be changes to the cap. It might almost be impossible to get four players at that level on one team in the future. Um, the Sixers don't need to be the greatest team ever. They don't need to be. They don't need to have the greatest player ever on his second consecutive uh, super team light. They just need to, be, but team, every team who wins the NBA championship doesn't have to be as good as the Warriors or gets there. I mean, look at the 2001 Sixers. They're not even close to the level of this team. And granted, they lost to a great Lakers team, but you don't need to be the greatest team ever to compete for a championship. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the Warriors aren't going to be this good for the next five years, they're going to start to fall off. The Cavs have certainly two or three really good years ahead of them, but here's, I don't think they're the fully unbeatable in two, two years out
0: when I hear the Sixers talk always it's as if there's only three teams that exist in the NBA. It's like, we got to get past the Cavs. We got to get past the Warriors. And then we got it. And it's like, I think there are so many other teams that are so far further ahead of us in this development prospect that are also working on the camaraderie and the teams and the passing and all that stuff. And that's the other thing that I, I think is funny, too, is it's like, well, once once we're good, we'll be ready. Man, I don't I mean, there's a lot of other teams. I don't know why I'm feeling so negative today. Yeah, just seriously. I think, I, I think it's because you're
2: not looking us in the face. I, I think, think that's, that's part it.
0: of it. We're using a different recording program, and usually seeing Russ smile helps me out. But I also think it's like I watched last night and was like, man, we got a lot of hoping and wishing until we get to that point. Uh, let, yeah. let me get to some iTunes. Wait, one, just one last hold on, thing. Hold
1: on. I, last, I, yeah, Go ahead, go ahead, Russ, and then
2: I'll go. So, I guess just to, to wrap up a couple ideas here. So the the first one is when it when it comes to looking at at the rest of the conference, right? Boston is going to be the Sixers long-term rival in this who's going to try to get over LeBron at the end of his career. Like that that I think is realistic when when healthy when adding pieces together do i think the sixers are going to be better than the raptors yes better than the wizards yes better than the hawks yes better than the bucks yes although Giannis is an absolute freak do i think they'll be better than the pacers yes because i don't because because oh that that is true um because like if if the pacers lose paul george better than better than them if Jimmy Butler eventually is gone from the Bulls or the Bulls continue to do these stupid signings like Dwayne Wade and Rayshon Rondo, then yeah, they're better than the Bulls. Are they better than the Heat? Yes. Are they better than the Pistons? They're yes. They're not
0: better than any of these teams right now. They're not. They're when they not. add... Dude, when they add their draft pick this year... Who is it? You don't even know who it is. You're just giving one guy and you're like, oh, he's better. They have to, like... <laughs> you're, you're just... You, you don't even know if it's going to pan out. I, Adam, I can't tell if i can't see you anymore so
1: i don't know like sometimes you like kind of like give us a little wink that you're just you're just trying no, I think to he's serious. conversation along i, I do I, too which is i think crazy he's part. serious
2: they the sixers should be when healthy if healthy which i know is way Man. too much of an if <laughs> look if you've got if you've got Embiid and simmons this year and they're and their pick this team is no worse than fifth in the east
1: uh, all right, well, I, I'm not even going to go that far. I'm not as much of a fanboy as Russ, um, and I'm not going to say anything
2: about this year. So, other Kyle, than if we, if we had your boy Kyle Lowry, where did the Sixers end up?
1: Oh, fifth this year, totally.
2: No. <laughs> um, I, I agree
1: they're a playoff team next year if they're healthy and they add somebody. I don't, I don't think that's unreasonable, but that's not what we're talking about here and we're we're talking about can they become great and this i don't think this is yes locally do we overvalue our players do we always talk as if well we 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 draw this direct line from wherever our teams are to the best team in the league. And I agree that's a little foolish in most cases, particularly with the Eagles. Everyone's like, well, they had this receiver. All these other teams are getting better and striving to get there, too. And there's no, in any of the other sports, there's no one thing that makes you stand out above another team who could very easily progress, unless you have like a Sidney Crosby-type player in hockey or something, maybe. Um, But although, we've seen what that's done for Ovechkin.
2: Um, I feel like I always have the, the need to backtrack and clarify. I don't mean that the Sixers next year Are going to be this like lights out kill the eastern conference but but over the next like three to four years those teams that are currently ahead of them i don't think are going to be yeah so when i when i went through those rankings like i'm just looking at it as in three years i don't think the raptors the wizards hawks bucks like i don't think they stand a, a chance next year yeah they'll they'll probably still be ahead you would hope for the raptors sake and the wizards sake that they would still be better than the sixers like that would suck for them if they're not but in 3 years I don't view them as a long-term threat. So back like to Adams point, Boston absolutely is a team that you can't look past. And the West has plenty of teams that you have to look past. It's not just a two-team league. But I don't think the East I think we give the Eastern Conference way too much credit.
1: Well, I I agree with you, and my however was going to be, I don't think in the case of the Sixers, it is just local conjecture, like, oh, wow, this team could be good. I don't think it's just Philly. There are plenty of national people. There was a Forbes article the other day talking about, which was a little bit of a stretch, but calling the Sixers the next Warriors, which, as we've just discussed, is pretty unreasonable or highly unlikely. However, there are many, many national people who could look at the Sixers and say, well, wait a minute. They have, if there's one guy in the league right now, who can change the way the sport is played in a way that maybe Steph Curry has a little bit you could argue that it's Joel Embiid if he's healthy that sort of dynamic game is super rare to the league and we've just scratched the surface of his abilities if again he's healthy like everything you talk about Embiid is a qualifier but he has potential to be the like a best player in the league type ben simmons from all accounts and from the little bit we've seen so far granted it's summer league he has the physical abilities that you value so much adam which i agree with and he also appears to have an elite playmaking skill oh by the way the sixers are in a major market from a business and branding standpoint, they're set up really well. They have the biggest and best practice facility in the league that when they do become competitive, that won't be a hindrance and most likely a benefit to them signing free agents, never mind the fact that it's in fucking Camden. Um And they have a ton of cap space. So they are more than any other team in a position to become that next great super team granted a lot of things have to happen between now and then but it's not just local people or not just fanboy i get we're getting a little fanboyish on this and maybe ex- expediting the timeline a little bit more more than is reasonable that's fair but i don't think it's a fanboy thing to talk about the sixers as one of maybe two or three teams that are best positioned to become that warriors like team in four or five years i don't think that's fanboyish is yeah. it is I it think- like desirous yeah of course but Um, Us more than any other fan base can talk about that with a straight face.
0: I think I look at the Warriors and I've read a lot of articles and I know Howard Beck who works at Bleacher Report. I've had conversations with him about how really incredible it is, how all the dominoes fell perfectly for the Warriors over years to get to this point. Steph getting injured, thus allowing them to sign him to a lesser impactful contract and getting the right pieces that they were able. Like, there's just so many things. And then I factor in all of the ifs and whats for this franchise that we root for. And do not get me wrong. There's nothing I want more than you and Russ to be right. Like, that is the number one thing that I hope for, is that the Sixers end up doing what we think they can. I just know that none of our ifs and whats have worked yet. Like even the guys, excuse me, that we've gotten that we're so excited about Simmons and Embiid are are hurt, and so I just uh, maybe it was just like a rush of negativity this morning. It was a rush of realism. It just made me uh, a little sad, and uh, just wanted to share that. Uh, let me
2: ask. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. So Ooh, since we since we table. since we said that we know that the Sixers aren't ever going to be at the level of these current Warriors. Do you think, because if, if I think of a team that I didn't think was that great of an NBA champion, but were able to beat LeBron in the finals, the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. Now they had a hall of fame player in Dirk Nowitzki, but that is the kind of level of, of play that I look at as a realistic goal for the Sixers going forward. That, that if you're able to catch a team like Dallas did, where you've got a, a major mismatch, which was Nowitzki, and you're able to put a cohesive unit around that can play good team basketball, that's the kind of level that I think you have to get at to win a title. And for it to be a legitimate kind of uh, you know possibility for this team. Adam, do you think it's realistic?
0: Well, I think also um, that was a, a special... I think that was a special Mavericks team. It wasn't just... One Hall of Famer. I'm pulling on the roster now just because I want to get it they right.
2: Jason Terry shooting the lights out.
0: Sean Marion at that point had an. He, I mean, he outplayed LeBron in that finals. And I think I had it literally a, a discussion last night about whether or not he will be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Jason Terry is another one of those guys where it's like an interesting argument. Uh, Jason Kidd was on that team and he is undoubtedly a Hall of Famer. Um, to get all like. Tyson Chandler was in his prime at that point, too. Um, Karan Butler was a hell of a player back then as well. Um, so that, that's the other thing I'm thinking is whenever we talk about the Sixers, we're always mentioning the three guys or the two-and-a-half guys, Embiid, Simmons, Saric, because we're always kind of thinking maybe we we'll trade it, traded, and then it's the, the possible draft picks, too. Um, like, I don't know if Robert Covington is a part of a championship team. Um, I, I don't know if Rashawn Holmes is part of a championship team. And if they are, I don't think they're where they currently are ranked on this roster. Uh, so that's the thing, too, is I, I look at these other teams and I'm like, man, Kyle Corver is like the eighth or ninth man. You know, the Warriors, it's like, man, this McCaw kid is like the ninth or tenth guy. And I, I'd love him to be taking McConnell's spot right now. So. I just look at the overall depth and go, man, there's a ton of work that needs to be done there too. In addition to finding our other superstar. Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, my, my only, yeah, my only, I guess, rebuttal to that would be in the case of Sean Marion, he was three years away from the end of his career. I thought his best years were in Phoenix and he played out of his mind in that finals. You're right. He averaged like 10 points and seven rebounds. If, if memory serves correct, um, In that season. He just, you're right. He played out of his mind in that finals. It, but like, I guess my point in that kind of situation is you had guys who were a little bit later on in their careers who were able to kind of, you know, kick it up into, into full gear, um, when it came to actually getting in the finals and they just they just blended as a unit. They just they were a cohesive. It's funny that you compare team. them to
0: the Mavericks who if you remember that finals, it was like they were the old guys fighting against the big three. And to think of the Sixers ever in a position where they're the old guys fighting for the respect of the league and about doing what's right is so funny. Because the Sixers, like for so long, were the antithesis of the young guys method of beating the league. It's just it's pretty funny to think about it like that. Uh, I have some iTunes comments here from our last one. B Ten Wick literally just writes: Replace Missinelli with Kyle Scott. Five stars. The spectacle that the greater Philadelphia region deserves. Kyle, do you care to comment on the rumors that it's true uh, that you could be replacing Missinelli?
1: I I love this guy. He's my new favorite commenter. And no, I have no. I would have no interest. And do actually I shouldn't say that I, w- I, think our, I think if a radio station came to us and like we will broadcast your podcast like BGN Radio does this on WIP they, re- they do their podcasts but they do one of their weekly podcasts live to radio each week over the weekends I wouldn't be opposed to that sort of thing I don't have to trek down from New York, however.
0: It would be interesting uh, with the technology today. We could make well, it. work.
1: I don't. You sound like you're in a you're in a fucking wind tunnel today. So do I? <laughs> yes, we have a long way to go on the technology. However, Damn. if we had a good uh, engineer, I'm sure we could figure this out. You're Dan, you're actually very clear today. You're just low for some reason. But.
0: Uh, all right, Dan six three nine two says goodbye FM and Sirius XM five star. Literally, his first sentence is how he is taking a poop while he's writing this.
1: Well, read it. Uh, I thought that was actually some good,
2: uh, uh some good, uh, Of course. I I Kyle Scott, s- Mr. Mr. Feces himself.
0: Yeah, I don't think I want to read it, Kyle. Oh, no, got, I don't want to use. We well, you know I Kyle's got a no, cue. No, I'll out read it. I just don't want to <laughs> reuse the phrase that he uses.
2: Well, Kyle, the, go ahead. That, go ahead. I, I you, don't have you, it. In you front say, of you
1: me.
0: say the poop line.
1: I, I, if you give me a second, I read another one. I'll get in front of me, and I will. I will read it.
0: Okay, then I'll read the the one that's first. Seabass nineteen seventy seven. Finally, something Philly sports related I can listen on my way home. I like this comment because it hit on a number of things that I think was funny. Saying it was a breath of fresh air, he goes. No favorite meatball contests. No stories about my uncle who had a flyer take a piss in their house during the parade in '75. Everybody's
1: no. uncle. Everybody had an uncle. I don't know how many flyers pissed during that parade. Yeah. but Everybody's uncle had a flyer. No morons
0: their calling up saying they shouldn't take Bryce Harper because he's not a Philly guy. I love that. Keep up the good work. Uh, the I've, the meatball contest though was something I thought of. It's like. The amount of times I turn on Philly Talk Radio, and it's like, all right, I'm checking out 19 meatball food trucks. I'm like, I don't care that you want to eat meatballs, bro. Like, I've never thought about who has the best meatball food truck in Philly, but it's a question, that I think they thought needed to be answered.
2: You are what you eat, and sometimes you eventually end up looking just like your food.
1: That it's that it, it it contrary to what you guys may be assuming. That is not anthony gargano who was the meatball contest that was glenn macknow no uh, i knew that okay just pointing that out uh all right i will you're, read you're this the comment
0: that,
2: by the look way, at you look at you
1: assuming someone's yeah, way, uh, someone's if, identity if, if, based on food when, when i listen, Kyle re- listen to
0: that in podcast man he shits all over gargano
1: holy he crap. does he really does he really does it's like uh, too much i i agree uh so i will read this comment in my in my <clears throat> mean comments voice it's from uh, yes. Dan six three nine two. As I sit here pushing out a mean chocolate hot dog, yeah, like, I remember I didn't
0: want to what... read that. I didn't want to read. <laughs> I, I, I know
1: I'm reading it. As I sit here pushing out a mean chocolate hot dog, I remember what whores you guys are for your five star reviews and comments. So here you go. I'm a millennial and have always been an early adopter. And when it comes to consumer tech, except for my car rating Oh wow, this is long. Never I've must. got a violation. That, that first I, line was. was we all We fit needed. in.
2: Do we all fit into the millennial thing? We do. Because I'm, and, Absolutely not. And, and yes. I got to well, say, well,
1: technically, it. technically we do. It's like 1983, and I think I'm the oldest of us here, and I am on the like, leading edge of millennial. I'm like the old millennial, Adam. You would be an old millennial, and
2: Russ, you are 26. You're definitely a millennial. I
0: don't. I, I don't I'm know anybody who
2: wants term. to identify as a millennial.
0: I come, come to my office, and you'll meet many of them.
2: They actually call themselves millennials.
0: No. no, I would say they're too lit to call themselves millennials. <laughs> oh, fire! Emoji, fire, fire, emoji. fire! 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 Fire!
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah
1: good. N- no one, no one actually like my my parents don't. Co- well, actually, there's one person. It's Tom Brokaw. Hi, I'm Tom Brokaw, and I'm part of the greatest generation. Uh, he's the only guy who identifies. How was that?
2: that was uh, bad. That's pretty good. I, All you have to I really do is say brewery. brewery. If you say brewery, that, like, sets up brewery. Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw, reporting brewery. from the brewery. and you, part sound of the brewery like ha- you sound like generation. Harry Carey. Harry Carey. <laughs> uh, the Harry Carey impersonation from SNL doing Tom Brokaw. Fair. You just inceptioned an impression. I am I'm impressed. Fair. But Brokaw is one of the only people who, like, will walk into a room and identify
1: himself as part of the greatest generation. At least I, I imagine him doing that. No Can one actually those? does that. Yeah, yeah, fair. Oh, yeah. You know what? This is going off the rails anyway. Adam,
2: can you give the Jim Nance story that you gave in one of our test shows? I gotta go, guys. So I, All right. I, I, totally, uh, I, I uh, co-sign Goodbye. the request for this. Yeah. Wait. Go.
0: Well, what was What was it about?
2: So, Him. and this
1: was our. I'll, I'll do it. Hey, this was All our right. first test show. And you were, Adam, uh, Rush, just hit the, yeah.
0: Oh, about what, how he says the same thing to everybody?
1: So the same thing to everybody, but also, why not? We, we never actually aired this, but you have some reasonable thoughts on the whole Romo thing. So give the Romo thoughts and then the Nance story, and I think people will be really interested in that.
0: This is so uh, apropos to nothing.
1: No, it, um, it's not. But it's. I thought that was one of that is an interesting insight that is a peek behind the curtain that I I don't think our our listeners haven't gotten yet. And it, I was mad that this was in a test show and we didn't get to run it. So I just tell it.
0: it. So I guess that what what it was was I've been to multiple events in and which and come closer to the mic. Ah, uh, dude, I'm literally on top of it. <laughs> like at this point, my mic has a restraining order on me. Um, I I was been to a number of events with media people where Jim Nance was. And I would somehow always end up sitting at the same table. It didn't make right, well, ex- sense. Explain
1: but, why you have that like somewhat. Well, cause I would work,
0: I would work whether I was covering college basketball when I was uh, living in Louisville or from Bleacher Report covering March Madness type stuff. Mm-hmm. I would end up at these events and I would always witness people come up and introduce themselves. Hey Jim, how are you? So nice to meet you. And Jim would always hit him with the same thing. Hey, Hey, where are you from? And then the guy would be like, "Oh, uh, wasn't expecting that. Uh, I'm from uh, Lubbock, Texas." And he, and Jim would always be like, "Oh, Lubbock, what a beautiful town! I especially love insert restaurant name in insert region." And they'd be like, "Yeah, that's great." And Jim be like, "Listen, gotta go, but if you ever go back to Lubbock, I, I really enjoy it. I'm jealous." And they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." And then I see, I saw him do it to like three different people with three different cities. Now, props to Jim Nance for like knowing restaurants in all of these cities. But it's I I always was so taken aback at how he would just deflect everything into this and he would create this little bubble around him and people would be like, "What a nice guy." And I'm sitting there going, "Dude, you're all getting played right now." Like he is just he is just easily pushing you to the side so that he can eat his burnt toast. Um, You know that story about him with toast, right?
1: I've heard it, but... That he keeps around
0: a picture of a piece of toast, and then he shows that to the waiter or waitress, and is like, this is how I want it cooked. (laughs) I don't know. he He doesn't want to explain it.
1: I don't know if that's weirder than his NCAA tie giveaway. Which, oh. by the way, if you, th- that was never a thing. I don't know how many people even knew about that until someone captured him on Twitter video giving it to Ryan RC oh. last year. And I think it was Shannon Ryan, the college basketball reporter. She used to work for the Inquirer. I think it was her. I could be wrong uh hadn't seen her in a few years but she is walking behind the two of them behind the camera in front of the camera as he's giving archie his tie and she you could tell she like hears him giving this speech about his dad and how his dad taught him to tie a tie so it symbolizes his dad and he's giving archie the tie and she gives him this look like with the scrunch nose the sort of look a chick would give you at the bar if you just went up and said the creepiest fucking thing to her and like square directly into the camera, like, like ew, you're the grossest guy here. Um, worth noting that no one got video of his little tie giveaway this year, and he tried to spin it into a charity thing because everyone thought he came across as such a boob from it last year. So he made sure to do it in private this year. I don't think we ever found out who he gave the tie to. And right before the the final four, we found out, oh, Nance, because his dad taught him to tie a tie, has created a charity. Uh, to, to donate ties or for his own line of fucking ties for charity. To me, that was nothing more than him trying to save face and being like, oh, yeah, everyone knows I'm a weirdo now, so let me, let me strap it to some philanthropic event so I could sidestep the further criticism because I'm so damn sensitive.
0: Yeah, um, it's he's just it's interesting. He's one of those guys that's been around for so long. It kind of reminds me of Chris Berman where for so many years we were talking about how great they were and how important they were. And then when the act gets a little bit tired, it puts everything into a different perspective. Like, there was a time where Berman going back, 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 gone was wanted. And now we're like, that's the reason why he's too much to handle. And I think it's the same thing with Nance. Like, whenever I hear hello, friends, I legitimately am just like,
1: Yeah. I actually think, I agree with you on halfway, but I've actually come around Maybe it's just cuz he nailed the Chris Jenkins call and I'm a I'm a fanboy. You
0: are. You're a freaking Homer.
1: I am. But I I I don't like him for football. I still think he's quite good at golf and he's gotten yeah. much much better at basketball. You d- I, d- do you want to weigh in on your uh your thoughts about him? Stabbing his partner in the back, or is that all too close to home? I think he
0: wants to hang out with Tony Romo. I think he wants it to be his buddy, and that's what happened with Phil. And this is not coming from any of the Sims family uh, because I don't want them to get in trouble. But I believe that when I saw that Romo was doing golf, uh, it was all Nance. Nance is the one that pushed these buttons and he threw his weight around. And I think that. He wants new energy around him, and I I have a, a feeling that the relationship between Phil and Jim kind of got to a weird spot, and I think there was resentment, just like there's resentment with Mike and Mike. It, it's tough when you're a two-man team, and all of a sudden, ego gets into play. It's really dangerous. So um, how
1: long until the three of us hate each other, and we're... we're one of us is, is glomming off to get oh, our own radio ago. contract. Three, three weeks, weeks ago. ago. Fair. Fair. No,
0: just kidding. I want to
1: get it. It's worth telling people that you host a podcast with Chris Sims, if they don't know. And are oh, guy, course. I would I would recommend people go back to... It's Sims and Leftco, right? I have to uh-huh. get the order right. Okay. Find the Sims and Leftco episode from about six weeks ago where you guys were talking about this, because I thought, listening to his thoughts on it, which were diplomatic, but also you could tell there was a little bit of... At least it came across this way. A little bit of, um, I don't know what the word is, but unthrilledness with Mr. Nance. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, look, I I think the amount of people that were calling Chris uh, when all of that was going down, to me, it's the worst transition of power in media in a very long time. When they are transitioning... Uh, from, you compared like,
1: him to Matt Lauer, which I thought was apt.
0: Yes, I think he is the Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer has gotten a number of people just kicked out from Jamie Horowitz to Ann Curry and all behind the scenes. And we all think that he's this great bubbly character, but really he's this like maniacal um, like inspector gadget claw figure that is behind the scenes controlling things. But the amount of people that were calling uh, Chris in that time I, I think look the way they went from Al Michaels to Tarico at NBC it's been masterful mm-hmm. masterful like a slow transition and what Costas, they did you mean yeah that's what I mean yeah, Costas yeah. and then what they're doing right now at CBS was just a shit show it was an absolute crap shoot and I, I, I it'll be interesting because a, I'm hearing people say Romo's that Tony Romo is going to be golf, great right? Has he already done one?
1: He did the tournament last week. I didn't hear it, but yeah, he, he did the tournament last week. Not, and if I was Nick
0: Faldo, I would be so insulted that Tony <laughs> Romo was sitting on the same table as me. Oh, Tony, have you ever played in a tournament? No. Okay, uh, then what are you going to add right now? Okay, great. That's I awesome. wonder
1: what hole. I don't know where. I got to go back and find out, but I'm, I'm assuming they stuck him at some crazy hole.
0: I don't know. What is he going to say?
1: <laughs> you know, I was
0: under pressure this one football game, and I know what he's going through.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Apparently, he's a big guy. He's a big golf
0: guy, but... I don't care. My dad's a big golf guy. He ain't calling the Masters, and they have the same experience. Fair. Uh, all right, so we'll wrap it up there?
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, one last, we have a message here from Russ, from the ether saying, yo, he's he, all he wanted to do was answer this question about the Champions League final. So he messages, oh, yeah. yo, answer that Twitter question for me. I've got Real Madrid over Juventus in extra time, 1-0, at the Champions League final that will be attended by Joel Embiid. So there is your soccer talk.
0: By the way, that whole, like, is Joel Embiid going to play thing uh, that, like, swept the media yesterday. Goofy. Uh, it, it, it was very interesting to watch the tv stations and the radio guys have to comment and then when the information came out realized they were just commenting on something that didn't deserve a comment and i was like wow like it just shows you how like twitter and all that stuff is is everyone's number one source for news and that everyone else is just a reaction to that
1: well it's it was funny because w.i.p like, look, it's so slow right now that when something like that happens, all these radio stations were like, "Yes, yes, yes, take, I gotta take, I got something I can give a take on," and they begin to give the take. And like while they're mid feigned outrage, it's already been debunked. And WIP, I don't know if I don't know if the camera and Richie, who were just giving the worst, lamest, like least lukewarm hot take in the history of takes, were 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 like in the middle of it after the news came out, by the way, from their own Twitter account, that Embiid wasn't actually playing in this, um, I don't know if it's a celebrity, like, legend soccer match before the Champions League, akin to, like, the celebrity softball game at the All-Star game, I guess. They Their account had already tweeted out that he wasn't playing, and they spent a good 10 minutes continually talking about it, and I'm not fully convinced that they didn't already know he wasn't playing but decided they can get to the next break and by still talking about it and act like they didn't know but that there's things like this that happen every now and then just from a blogging standpoint where you see something that almost looks too weird to be true like you see Joel Embiid's name listed on this soccer roster for a legends match taking place in uh fucking stockholm on saturday night and your bs meter is like this can't there's no way this guy is playing in a soccer match against former professional soccer players coming off of surgery. Like, it nothing was adding up. But then Liberty, I, I'm like Adams or Russ is like, you got to do a post on this man. So I'm starting to put it together, and I'm like, well, it's from the BBC. He's on the roster, and as I start writing it, Liberty Ballers puts up a post, and I'm like, oh shit! Like Kyle Newbeck isn't a reactive guy. Like maybe maybe there's something to this. So I start writing the post, and before I get You know, as I'm like halfway through it, the news comes out that he's not playing. So I was one of the lucky few who was able to just quickly turn that into a no, this is a silly rumor going around. But I will admit I almost fell into the trap. But usually when these things that you see on Twitter or these far flung reports, not that the BBC is far flung, say something so wild and the media is ready to hop all over it almost invariably and i said this to russ i'm like there's no way he plays in this game whether they stop it or he was never going to play in the first point none of these things ever actually come true and like you just learn to like get this weird like sniff test on these reports that are nowhere else like when there's there's a report that is nowhere outside the media sphere that you would expect to be covering something or talking about something it usually turns out to be fake uh, so, and it wasn't fake. he's going to the game, but he is not playing. so uh, yeah that
0: would be that was It was, be this, something that people it was can the
1: stupidest down. 45 minutes of local Twitter conjecture maybe in
0: years. Other than this show, which other I think than is this show. wonderful bullshit conjecture. All right, uh, Kyle, enjoy your weekend, Russ, wherever you are. I hope you're enjoying yours and to everyone that is listening. We appreciate you and we hope you enjoy your weekend as well. as always. Uh leave a comment, leave a review uh on iTunes and we will make sure to get it. Uh you guys have been awesome. You've kept us high in the rankings and another week is in the books. Kyle, you got any big plans this weekend? Ugh. That sounds great. Awesome. Have fun <laughs> doing Ugh. Uh all right. We'll see Recovering you. Recovering from
1: my CrossFit workout. That's about it. Oh gosh. Yeah, do
0: do some burpees and dude, some dips.
1: Dude My neighbor is a former CrossFit instructor and has us has a bunch of us neighbors now in his gym or in his garage once a week Doing CrossFit circuits. So we had to do, I had to do a circuit yesterday to the
0: Nerdiest thing ever.
1: This is, this is, I'm not a CrossFit guy, by the way. I'm like a, I'll go for a light jog once a week and I'll go lift weights once or twice a week and that's, and shoot basketball at the Y for a little while. But so, but I'm like, all right, I could step it up a little bit. Neighbor puts a thing. There's a community Facebook group for us, which is the nerdiest, whitest thing in the history of the planet. Some of the stuff that gets posted on here. However, uh, he puts a thing that he's having a, uh, he's a former CrossFit instructor he's put a bar in his gym like a pull up bar if anyone wants to come work out so I was like oh fuck it he lives a hundred, couple hundred yards away I'll walk over so it's, it's gone up to like four or five of us now and it's usually once a week but the guys so yesterday this guy's a former CrossFit instructor the other guy is a military reserve dude the other guy played junior hockey ten years ago like just a, a shade below the AHL he was a goalie and then me so they're going through these circuits of 10 burpees, uh, 15 squats with a jump on the back half, 20 sit-ups, and a 400-meter run. Five circuits of that, timed. Um, I got lapped by the second circuit, because I'm going against guys who have, like, literally have a workout and prof- almost professional sports pedigree. So uh, I'm, uh, I, I, was, I thought I wasn't going to make it through the fourth quarter last night, um, like, physically as a human being.
0: Now, I'm glad you survived. That's, yeah, I, I don't know if you would if I would have made it. So I'm I'm proud of you. I
1: I, I almost did it.
0: I know I know everyone out there is proud of Kyle too. And uh, let Kyle know at his Twitter at Crossing Broad. Hit up Russ at Joy on Broad or myself at Adam Lefko.
1: Now we're I, gonna get I, to CrossFit people. Oh
0: man, let them <laughs> pour in. All right, guys, have a good one.
1: Sweet.